Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Coming up on The Glue Guys today, we will review the Nets draft night, including Landry Shamit. Hey, wow. new net. Uh, and as well as Garrett Temple, no mm. longer a net. We will talk about mm. it all while the cloud of James Harden continues to hang over the Nets franchise. Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Oh, off key again. Check us out on Twitter at Guys, NetsDaily.com. The Athletic, $1 a week. Get behind that paywall. TheAthletic.com. Yeah, just do it. <laughs> we're, we're waiting. Slash Glue Guys. We're By the waiting. way, this is truly the time to get behind that paywall because uh, there's like 18 different draft reviews from Hollinger, from Sam Bassini. Uh, Seth Partnow will probably write something at some point. Seth Partnow, who a uh, friend of the show. Um, there's so much to dig into, as well as Alex Schiffer, who covers the Nets for The Athletic, uh, who we continue to duck, and we refuse to have him back on the show, particularly if Brian's here. Brian, how are you? I'm here. Um, I'm back. Um, I, have an, here. I have an ambitious piece of gum in my mouth that I have to release uh, from my mouth. <laughs> release I, I was, it. <laughs> I'm becoming such a confident podcaster that I was like, I can yeah. podcast have, gum. A, have a jawbreaker while I, while I podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a big one. A bubblicious, eh? Um, no, it's a double up extra. A pound extra. Double up. Uh, okay. Yeah. So how are you, Bri? Man, draft night. Wow. So it was exciting. I and kind of, then it wasn't. I kind of uh, really thought that that James Harden trade was going to happen. And then, you know, somewhere around the end of the 18th pick, Woj pops in to talk about a Nets trade. and <gasps> Ooh, spicy. And I, uh, yeah, I was disappointed, but I mean, not disappointed. Landry Shamit's great. It's a solid utility player, you know, who needs Sadiq Bay when you have Landry, Landry Shamit? Yeah. So, um, I think it's interesting, obviously. So we are aware of the Anthony Puccia report. Pooch has said that a verbal agreement is in place between the Brooklyn Nets and the Houston Rockets, the Houston Rockets, as I will forever refer to them. Speaking, uh, speaking of, of doubling up. You know something about this. Pooch has doubled down on this take. So, <laughs> yeah. so he's you, know, you, he's double, you double up, you double down, you just double. You're double trouble, the two of you. He's basically uh, he's saying right on Twitter that the Rockets have kind of gone dark in their communications. But from what the Nets understand that there is a verbal agreement, obviously Pooch has been right before. So we'll continue to monitor and wait. Um, we've heard before there's someone else on Twitter who is like a Clippers reporter that everyone's referenced. I forget his name, but he has said that the agreement won't happen until November 22nd, which mm. is what? 
Sunday or Monday? Three days. Three days from now. Three days from now. So <clears throat> we sit and we wait. Um, but the Nets are making inter- interesting moves. And I think the Landry Shamit trade, it can be viewed a lot of different ways. Like if oh. you think about it, one, it could just be simply viewed as the Nets are not confident that a rookie will be able to contribute in a meaningful way to the Kyrie Irving KD KD led Nets. So let's grab a vet, a, a young vet, but a vet that can play 15 minutes a game for us, similar to the Bruce Brown trade, right? Like Musa, I guess, could be considered more talented than Bruce Brown. Um, but Lindy Shamit certainly is going to play more than a rookie would. Mm. But it also, from the James Harden angle, the Nets are stacking players on their roster that are cheap and young, that are proven, that could be flipped forward to Houston in a James Harden deal. Because now, instead of having Sadiq Bey, who the Nets could have had, who is valuable, but in this draft in particular, we're like, no one was that thrilled, and particularly it's the 19th pick, so there's a reason why he went 19. Landry Shamit probably has more value in a trade right now than Sadiq Bey would, or the ninth, 19th pick overall anyways. So if you're if you're building like the Levert, Dinwiddie, Jared Allen trade, well, now Landry Shamit's part of the deal. And Landry Shamit was just in a trade two seasons ago, mm. a key part that brought Tobias Harris to the 76ers. <laughs> so like there's value in the NBA. Landry Shamit's valuable enough to also be in a deal with, I know, Luke Kennard. But let's talk about the man, Landry Shamit, Brian. Oh. My gosh. What are, you, what are your Larry Shamit thoughts? I mean, I think he feels like a guy who would actually, like if he maintains on the roster, he's a guy that's going to fit with the Brooklyn Nets. But have you have you enjoyed your Landry Shamit experience in your life? So having done not a ton of research because sure. I'm still cautiously optimistic that he is part of the aforementioned James Harden <laughs> trade. I'm all in on this James Harden trade now. I've completely turned the corner. And I've, the more that I think about it, I was like, you know, I'm not, not only am I a fan of memes, I'm also a guy that's got a Nets podcast. What would be better than going like all in on the super meme? Like this is you've heard of the super team. This is the super meme. Like, can I? Can I? I'm going to plant our flag because something that has been happening with a all too great frequency is that we say things on this show, and then they then some Nets reporter tweets out an idea that they have <laughs> oh my a week oh later Mike. of something that originated on the show. I can, I can the list multiple, of grievances. Here it is. Multiple times that has happened where this show, I want to see, I want to see you show up in their replies, Mike. I want I, enough of this subtweeting nice. on the podcast. I want you to pop in, in the replies. Here's the deal. I said on this show a month and a half ago, while basketball was being played in the bubble, that Garrett Temple would not be back with the Brooklyn Nets next year. I said oh, come it. Come on, because, that's not. I mean, that's not a hot take. Well, Everyone, no, 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 no. But I sussed out his how he was responding to questions. He was, <laughs> he was doing it in a very <laughs> uh, non-committal way to the future of the franchise, <clears throat> and I knew money-wise that he wouldn't be on here. And then we suddenly see writers talking about how Garrett Temple probably won't be. Drop some here. names. I want some names. There, I called out for a Landry Shamit trade. Uh, I originally said it would be Dinwiddie for Pat Beverly and Landry Shamit. Landry Shamit is here now. So Sean Marks is part of it was right. He got part of it. So I'm going to say this now. We're going to do a segment every week on this show. If James Harden becomes part of the team, where we're going to power rank the three stars. We're going to be tracking who's doing the best and we'll determine what best is. But this isn't like a news item, but I'm saying it because people also tend to steal 
Wait, I'm confused. The three stars who's doing the board tracking. What are we doing? We're power ranking as the thing is going on. We're going to power rank them consistently. Rank them one to three. Who's doing the best for the Nets? But it, best is going to be the way how we interpret it. It's not just on the court. This is in Player of the Week. No, it's going to be who said the you know the most ridiculous thing to the media. Who treated people the worst? That means that maybe you're the best. Got it. Got we'll, it. And we'll work it out. But I'm saying this now because I know it's going to get stolen by what? It's gonna, What's going to get stolen? What do you? Anyways, I can't even. I can't even. Can I, <laughs> this is some. This is some arguments. But I happen to see someone write about something called the Dinwiddie dilemma when we did a show called the Levert Wine. Wow! Wow! And we, we had... own alliterations. <laughs> okay, Brian, we own it. No one else is allowed to do it alliterations involving oh, players and trade interest. Jeez, okay? there it is. Um, so, speaking of speaking of which, none of it's going out there. Okay, this is. <laughs> This is staying in house. <laughs> I can't believe I this. I name names. I can't believe this. Anyways, um, how you doing? I'm good. And, and anyways, Landry Shamit, apparently the meme is that he's bad in the playoffs. Um, but, Who cares? But that is otherwise. So is James Harden. <laughs> yeah. Um, true. Big true. Um, but yeah, so anyways, that's the deal. That's what that's. what I've learned enough to know that Landry Shamit is, is seen as underwhelming by the teams that he's been playing on recently, at least because of their playoff woes. Clippers I'm speaking about um but I don't know heck he's got good three-point percentages and all that so you know uh and he's also young he's way younger than I thought he's only 22 so he, he looks he's got a he's got an older man's look he's got that <laughs> thousand mile stare um so I thought he was older but he's not so lots of lots of room to grow but here's the other thing I'm not going to do enough research on him until I actually am like believing that he's going to be part of the roster long term and not flipped as a as a coupon in this James Harden um, shopping frenzy. Yeah, so I think if you're sitting here and you're wondering, well, wait, they just traded for him. Why would they then send him to Houston? Landry Shamit is three things that Houston probably likes. He's a shooter. He's productive and young. So that's that is already three things. And then the fourth thing, he's cheap. And mm-hmm. Tillman Fertitta, the guy who owns the Houston Rockets, if he decides that he is going to allow James Harden to be traded, because ultimately it will be up to Fertitta to kind of allow that to happen. Fertitta's, I mean, if you don't know this by now, the guy is hemorrhaging money. He's a billionaire who all of his money is tied up, mostly all of his money, in casinos and restaurants. He is the king of Bubba Gum Shrimp. Mm. He's the Bubba Gum Shrimp king. Actually Bubba Gum Shrimp? That's the restaurant? Yeah. He actually owns. Bubba you know Gump that is a restaurant that seems more popular. Like, can, like, well, mostly because of Forrest Gump. But like, I've only ever seen the one in Times Square, and it's not. I mean, like, have you ever seen another bubblegum shrimp? Is there more? Where are they? Where are there, all these? I, there has to have been one more I've seen in my life. A bubblegum shrimp. I mean, I owned a bubblegum shrimp hat as a young boy, though I don't okay. think I actually ever pre Forrest Gump. Huh? Pre Forrest Gump. <laughs> I, I mean, well, how young? I don't know. Bubba Gump Shrimp didn't exist pre-Force Gump. It didn't? Bu- the whole brand Bubba- was completely fabricated? That was made up in the movie? Okay. Well, maybe I'm wrong about that. I, I'm well, now you're blowing my mind. I just, just, I'm just pretty see. sure it's based on the movie. <laughs> I just it was see. inspired by the 1994 film Are you kidding? Forrest Gump. Why did I think that, like, I guess I just that assumed it, just existed? it was a... Like, how could you make a whole actual restaurant based on Forrest Gum? There are wow. 42 Bubba Gum shrimps in the world. Oh, my Lord. That actually. There's, 
There's just... a bubblegum shrimp in Qatar or Qatar, the, depending on how you. What's funny about it is it's not even a restaurant in the movie. It's just shri- a shrimp for fishery. You know, they're just catching the. Shrimp. <laughs> it's, it's just Bubba's. Yeah. His, his shrimp. Wow. Bubba Gumps. Has there ever shrimp. been another thing like that where they just like yanked a a, a chain yes. restaurant straight from the? I well, think TGI I mean. Fridays. It, it, did, did that come from cocktail or the movie cocktail or oh did it gosh. exist before the movie cocktail? And uh, let's see the history of TGI right. Friday. Let's not get too lost on 1965. This yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Here's the, here's the history of, of uh, TGI Fridays. <laughs> Good. Uh, Alan Stillman opened the first TGI Fridays, by the way, on the East side of Manhattan near the Queensboro bridge. No kidding. But the, the line in Wikipedia after that he opened the first one in 1965, this is it. He'd lived in a neighborhood with many airline stewardesses, fashion models, secretaries, and other young single people on the east side of Manhattan and hoping that a bar would help him meet women. Wow. Oh, my God. You know, if you, you, you want to you see it in the world, you build it yourself. That's the thing. That's what you do. It was his pain point. You know, he lived the pain point. Can I flip that around in that a man builds bar to lure women is not like oh the that is a point. very that is a salacious <laughs> headline professionals ways of viewing of viewing that wiki um so <laughs> sorry <laughs> Abs- Why we're absolute cretin builds whole restaurant to lure young singles that's to the lure young airline stewardesses <laughs> single stewardesses and fashion models do you do you want to get this back on track with me mike but just real quick, okay. have you been to a TJ Fridays? <laughs> um, I I must have at some point, but not in not in recent memory. It, it uh, they are fine though. I have yet to see a uh, fashion model. Mm. Uh, well, this is the '65. This is the '65 version of it. Also, I this is what I love about 1965 is that at the time, the airline stewardesses and fashion models were on the same plane, like not the same plane. Bad right, pun, right. you know, level playing field. I get it. I'm with you. That was because, you know, we, we love to reference Mad Men on the show, Mo- Mohawk Airlines and, and right. Pan Am. That that was what the the brand the brand was strong back then. Um, anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's um, true. Uh, do you want to do some mail? Will that help well, us get back on track? Well, what, real what do you quick about do? Landry yeah. Shamit, right. why he would be in a Houston Rockets trade. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, finish that I, off. Maybe I'll make a note in the <clears> description about, hey, if you don't want to hear about no, TGI Fridays. No, let them let them deal with that. Um, <laughs> let the people sit through and enjoy that. Yeah. Um, he's cheap, and if you're trading James Harden, you're the Houston Rockets. You you don't want a, just a bunch of like you don't want Torian Re- Prince really, right? Like Karis Levert's contract is good, so you'd want him. Dinwiddie's contract is good. Jared Allen, you're gonna have to pay him eventually, but he's cheap for now. Uh, Landry Sham is making only $2 million a year or something like that, which obviously in the NBA is a pittance. Um, it, that's a good deal. Like if you're the Rockets, particularly if you're kind of interested in still being competitive and not tanking, because the thing about the Rockets, they gave up two first round picks, I think, and like a pick swap to get Russell Westbrook and to give up Chris Paul to the Thunder. So the tanking picture that maybe you would think the Rockets want to do, they can't do. So part of what the Nets need to do is either give the Rockets a really great young asset like 
Ben Simmons, which of course they're not going to get Ben Simmons, but that level of young asset or just like a lot of really good players to make, make it so that the Rockets are still a good team and they still can make moves happen, but they're not expensive. And if you built a trade with like, I mean, think about it. Landry Shamit, Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Torian Prince, and Jared Allen. That's a starting five, right? Like that, that's like an, not a good team, but that's a starting five. So you could sell it to Rockets ownership and the fan base and be like, hey, listen, James didn't want to be here. We just got five quality players, one of whom in Levert has like all-star potential and another of whom Dinwiddie was nearly an all-star. Like we, we just accumulated all these really good players it's so sad we had to say goodbye to James Harden, but he just didn't want to play here anymore. So I think that's kind of why this may happen um, and why Landry Shamit's on the team. Though, if he was on the team, I think he would fit beautifully. He's one of the better shooters uh, in the NBA. I know last season wasn't that good, but his first season was super strong. And I kind of just think that Clippers team wasn't for him. Mm. It was an awkward Any team. reason in particular just just wasn't it? No real point guard. Uh, you're you're relying on Kawhi Leonard and Paul George for shot creation, and those mm. guys create for themselves. But they're not like true. All, they're not LeBron James. Like LeBron creates for others. They're not like I'll even go to like De'Aaron Fox. Like they're not even like at that level of shot creators for others. They're shot creators for themselves. So a guy like Landry Shaman is dependent upon someone like oh Kyrie Irving, oh Kevin Durant to create a shot for him. Mm. Um. Let's go to mail. Oh, wait, let's do this. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll go to mail. Oh, great. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy-on, easy-off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. All right, let's uh, dive into the mailbagnetspod at gmail.com. Brian? Got some really good ones. <clears throat> I love it. Got some really good ones. Michael Fuchs, Cherboy. Um, great, great name, Fuchs. Um, says, check the tapes. That's the second time you guys discussed Platoon, and both times Brian was surprised that Smells did not see it before. <laughs> and it's funny you say this because I did actually have a, a like a weird deja vu recollection of having that exact conversation, but it's glad that somebody was there to catch it. He says, is there something wrong with me that I remember your conversations better than you do? Please, before this comes up again in the future, can Smelts go watch Platoon? Smelts, it is for free. Go on Roku. Just type in Platoon on your little clicker. And it should pop up on one it's of on these. on a Roku free, channel? Yeah, on a, on a free, one of those things. Okay. I'll, right. I will not do that. But Wait, top of the list. I will not do that. I'm a father of two. How am I going to carve out Platoon into my lifestyle? I'm watching The Crown. Have you seen The Crown? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's your that problem. Good. Well, there's your problem right there, buddy. Uh, you got tr- to trim that fat, dog. Um Next up, your boy. This is Matt Parker, big friend of the show. Big friend okay. of the show. Um, he's got a nice, long, Ooh, thoughtful like one that we can really dig into here. <clears throat> so, Matt writes, 
the Nets are going to need one or two guys on minimum contracts that can actually contribute to winning. Uh, play 8 to 10 minutes a game in the regular season, maybe a bunch more if slash when a starter gets hurt or needs rest, might even have some key playoff moments. They'll need five to six of those guys if any of these trades actually happen. So here's a list of the guys likely to take a min contract I like for those spots. Would love to hear your thoughts or anyone you think should be on this list. Okay. So yep. I'm going to, I'm going to fire off the names and, you know, if you want to stop me midway or just, you know, whatever, it'll be really off the cuff. It'll be great. By the way, these are, these is a really good list of names. And Matt, Matt, this is like, should be just an article. These names. We should, you should write, you should type this up and send it somewhere. Um, JK, he did that to us. He's, he writes right here. Um, number one, Jared Dudley, obviously. Number two, Tyler Johnson. Sure boy. We've seen him. We have a good look. He's got an in. Number three, Jeff Green, the eternal gamble. Number four, Andre Robertson. Maybe he can get some of his wing death back. That's defense. Five, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, the return. Six, Kyle Korver at long last. Seven, fax machine. Patty Connaughton. Patty Connaughton, Con- hey! Patty, Patty Connaughton. <laughs> Let's go down with to his the- Irish curse. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go down to the TJ Fridays. Why and not? pick up some airline stewardesses. <laughs> yes. And, and models. Let's drink a. Green Miller on St. Pat. Anyways, eight number is Travion. <laughs> yeah, well, I was trying yeah, to. Guinness. Yeah, and a green Guinness on St. Patty's Day and put a carter in the meter. What's the number two Irish beer? Is it Smithwick's? Is that an Irish Sm- beer? Smithwick's is big. They have, uh, was it Harp? <laughs> you can see that around. <laughs> what do they got? I don't know. Uh, sorry. It's really, it's Guinness or nothing out there. Sure. Travion Graham is on the list. And then we got s- uh, semi, semi Ujule. And, and uh, Vince, Carter. Vince Carter coming to number 10. Uh, and he says, and I know, then, I know, I can dream. Trivion Graham. Um, he adds, there's a couple more. He added Taj Gibson. Yes, sorry. Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis isn't going to get the minimum. but And then Theo Pinson. The Knicks have just cut Theo Pinson. Uh, I'll tell you who I like on this list. Big time is Trivion Graham, obviously. Um, I mean, obviously Jared Dudley. So how fun would it be to have Jared Dudley back? I'm going to eliminate a few off of this list. Vince Carter, and and even Matt admits it's not going to happen. Vince Carter's done, right? As much as I would love to see that beautiful bald head just sitting on the bench and like like doing an occasional dunk and seeing Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden be so happy that Vince Carter is on their team, he's done. He's getting that TV money now. Mm-hmm. Which is probably not as much as yeah, minimum. Sweet. NBA that is sweet. <laughs> sweet compared to the professional basketball player money for sure. Um, so he's all, but like I think he's done. Pat Connaughton apparently is going to get. I think Zach Lowe said it on his most recent podcast with Brian Windhorst that Connaughton's going to get like a little cash, like four million dollars a year deal type thing, and that's obviously that's above the minimum, and that's why we're talking about minimum guys. Uh, and I'll eliminate Roberson. Because he's Spencer Dinwiddie's brother-in-law or something. Or Dinwiddie's, Dinwiddie's engaged to Roberson's sister. Or Roberson's engaged to Dinwiddie's sister. Wait, so what? You can't. I don't. I'm going to be honest. I don't think Spencer, our beloved what? Spencer, is going to be on this team. <laughs> oh. oh. So, well, then what? So why does I that matter? Uh, it's a little messy. A little messy. Are you we, kidding me? That's the, the reason? Is the, the, over, the familial overlap? Yeah. Are they I, beef? I think the fami- I think it's it's is it blood or money for Andre Roberson? At what point? is he the ca- the Capulets? What is this? <laughs> so I'm going to eliminate him. Um, 
On this list, I don't want Tyler Johnson. I understand that he scored points in Orlando. I don't want him on my basketball team, particularly if they are going to have KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. Uh, Our boy Tyler ain't the guy. Jared Dudley's interesting. The thing I'd worry about Jared Dudley is that he is so focused on becoming a media star that I don't know if I really want him around. Oh, boy. KD, Kyrie, and James Harden, people who don't. You're saying too many podcasts. He's done. Yeah, he's He's on too many podcasts. He's DM'd us once before. <laughs> Dude, um, you're airing. You are airing it. My <laughs> gosh. Uh, I love him. And I we we respect his defense, actually. That's what we we liked about him. I love Big that time. he he saw went eye to eye with Ben Simmons in the playoffs two seasons ago. I just don't I don't know if I want someone who's so focused on becoming a media member, like being a part of this team. This team needs to be like, like the whatever the KGB, like they need to keep it in. You know, mm. you, I you I don't want to have to hear any leaks. And Jared Dudley is just a he's just a talker. Wow. You know, but people love him. Like LeBron loved him dearly in, with the Lakers. So, hey, what's Ed Davis doing? Where's he at? Yeah, so I like Ed Davis. Um, the thing is, he's never really been a power forward recently. He's basically been a center and we just don't have center minutes. I mean, well, that's maybe what I'm saying. We're going to, that's, that's what I'm Allen planning for. Obviously. Sweet baby boy. Jared Allen's gone. Come on. Um, I've always liked Shemi Ojale. Shemi Ojale was one of my draft favorites when he was out in the draft. He hasn't lived up to my standards. What I would have liked to seen for our boy Shemi. Um, the name on this list that I love the most is Taj Gibson. The Knicks just declined Taj Gibson's contract, his the team option that they had on him. Um, he's from Brooklyn. He's known as like a tough guy, locker room leader type, you know, like a cagey veteran. He's a power forward who can also play center. He's not going to play that many minutes for you, but he's like the kind of guy who, if you have him on the end of your bench, and particularly if you're playing a big team, maybe he plays like 18 minutes that game. KD plays the three and Taj Gibson plays more of the four in some units with you know, DeAndre Jordan, that's like, that's an old surly man, big man lineup that mm-hmm. I really like. Uh, so I love him. Bobby Portis, I think, is going to get a deal. Um, and Theo Pinson, they should just hire Theo Pinson to be like a developmental assistant coach and ensure that Theo Pinson's part of the organization for the yeah. rest of his life because he's the greatest human alive. <clears throat> True that. Do you like um, any more anyone else on this list? Is like, just Jeff Green do it for you? You know, it's funny. I was We were just talking about... Um, God, what's his face? Patrick Williams. <clears throat> well, and I I dumped on him in our uh, draft preview, and then lo and behold, he's the bell of the ball. Um, but I was, you know, I'd been listening to the rumor mill about Patrick Williams just like catch a fever pitch that I had just never seen. A guy went from basically like late teens to top of the top of the, I mean, top four, uh, like within the within two weeks. Like what the hell was going on there? What what like workout went on with that dude? Because anyways, the reason that he comes to mind is because I compared him to Jeff Green, and that that might be incredibly accurate. I think I think I, it probably is. I love that comparison. So what's if you watch the draft last night? One of the highlights to me was Patrick Williams's personal story: is that his mom runs a flower shop, and that he yeah. would like go on flower <laughs> shop deliveries. Yeah. And but but then they were like they were like to kind of prove his bona fides. 
or bona fides, however sure. you want to say that. I, I go uh, fides, yeah. They were like, he was like putting flowers into the truck and he's like, you want to keep the truck kind of cool so the flowers don't go bad. It's like, well, yeah, it's not like. Well, unless they're tropical trade, flowers, Patrick, you know. If that's you're... not a trade secret about the flowers. <laughs> Give me something more, Patrick. Give me like. You unless it's a Venus flytrap, you know, yeah. which you may want to have at a higher temperature. This is a little shop of horrors here, you know? <laughs> Give me some info. But, Patrick, what about the cactuses? We just got a shipment of cactuses. They're dying. Cacti, Brian. Come on. Come on. Um, but, but anyways, yeah, I thought that that no, was interesting he, that, yeah. I think I haven't done the analysis, but having gone to Syracuse and having watched Dion Waiters, Waiters was a bench player at Syracuse. And I know Florida State is super talented. You know, they had Devin Vassell who went to the Spurs in the you know the 11th pick or whatever they're a talented basketball team i think it's a bad sign if you're a bench player in college and i know he was a freshman whatever that's a bad sign usually if you're good like cole anthony okay so cole anthony goes to the magic at 15 i understand it was ugly this year and he was overrated as a recruit he was the best player in north carolina a bad north carolina team but he played Think back to Marvin Williams. Marvin Williams was like a bit player for for North Carolina when he played, and he ended up being a bit player in the NBA. Waiters was a bench scorer for Syracuse, drafted third overall, ended up being a bench scorer in the NBA. So, like, I kind of think if you're not a starter, maybe you shouldn't get drafted fourth overall. There it is. Shots fired. Shots at 19-year-old Patrick Williams. How do you feel about your boy Denny? Denny. Are you excited? Denny. Are you excited for Denny? Uh, uh, Obviously, I grew up a Wizards fan. Uh, Denny has awoken the Jewish spirit inside of me. Of course. Which was not lying dormant at all. It was was sitting there wide awake, white knuckle. But that was the most Israeli. (laughs) So I went on birthright. Which, if you don't know what birthright is, uh, it's the trip where all of all of us teenage Jews are sent over to Israel. Like everyone knows and, what birthright is. Everyone- well, the point of birthright is to like fall in love with Israel, and actually, part of it is like you should fall in love with another person on the trip. They actually literally hope that you f- find Whoa. your soulmate. <laughs> weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very. It's, that's a weird vibe. Yeah. Particularly when you're like for sure, and you're not about that. But that was the most Israeli seen just like gigantic bottles of wine and then like not a lot of emotion in that mm, moment mm, yes yeah did you see when pokosevsky got drafted i he did was, <laughs> they were just in, like and he was in greece <laughs> that was like so a, good like yeah. a one bedroom just <sighs> apartment so, they like, were just around a circular table <laughs> Dude, I, I'm trying to think of what the vibe is in that, like, uh, it was like in the like the plastic furniture, like it was so good. I mean, it, it was, was like so a good. Borat. It was yeah, honestly, it was like, a Borat situation. Like if Borat was drafted by the NBA, they would just so be good. in like that environment. I mean, the guy's been a pro basketball player, but he's, I'm excited for him. I love him. Uh, one quick draft wrap up. Paul Reed, who have I I've loved dearly, the Nets could have drafted, and they went for. I I actually should look up his name. I mean, we are a Nets podcast. And there's a second round pick that they took, and his name is Reggie Perry. Actually, I'm kind of intrigued by Reggie Perry, having read about him. Uh, got some length to him, a scorer, rebounder, has a little shooting touch potentially. Mm. Um, that super duper intrigues. Do you imagine like how much things have changed? The we're you know 
we used to live and die on second round picks not too long ago. You know, <laughs> that was that was all we had. And Man. I mean, but it, Marks continues to trade the first round picks. He has recently traded. So that I think to kind of link back to Landry Shamit, people on Nets Twitter were disappointed that they made the trade. I think because a lot of people miss <laughs> draft picks. Draft picks are fun. You get mm. a rookie. You hope that he's something. <clears throat> and obviously, like. Sadiq Bay could end up being a better player in the NBA over their career than Landry Shamit. It just Landry Shamit's a better player right now. And then again, we talked about the James Harden piece. Like I just think, I think he's part of the deal if if the deal is happening. And I I think Houston has indicated it's like you need to get you need to give us more than just like what you have, and then like a mid first round pick and first round picks in the future. But we'll see. You know, we shall, we shall see. We shall see. We got we had some other emails. I apologize. We're probably not going to get to them. Um, no, no. You want to okay. do one more? Let's do one more. Okay. I had one from Hal Hodes. Psych. Psych Hal. Um, <clears throat> thanks for reaching out. Thanks to everybody for hitting us up at netspod at gmail.com. Really appreciate it. Uh, it's so nice when we get stuff not that isn't spam mail in there once in a while. Um, so it's hey, glue guys. Here's how I have been thinking about the offseason. It sort of dovetails into some of the conversations you were previewing before things got crazy. Maybe I'm taking a bit of an old guy slash non-analytical slash sports radio approach to watching the Nets, but this is how I've been thinking about it. Last year, with KD and Kyrie mostly injured, the Nets players were Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinoni, and hashtag culture. The next man up, some greater than parts attitude, was an integral <laughs> part of the team. Did the Nets already cut that guy when they signed... KD and Kyrie, or maybe he was just moved to a bench role. If hashtag culture is still on the team, he's using this as a, like imagine hashtag culture as a player yeah. itself. You know, yeah. uh, it's good. It's illustrative. Big if how Which probably will be the name of a prospect in. Yeah. Seven years. Yeah. Hey, if you have another good culture smelts, hashtag culture, it's got a nice no, the hashtag good. has to be there. Right. <clears throat> oh, good. Yeah, true. Yeah. How does that, how does that guy give us minutes? What trade scenarios? And then he goes on. So anyways, thank you. You get the idea. So, um, Appreciate it, Hal. Um, he's so he's the basic like the summary is culture has been the most fun Nets thing to root for the last few seasons, and it's sad to see that go. And this is the conversation that we always have, Mike. Around around, the, it seems like every year here, while we're like while new jewels are being dangled in front of us, uh, or carrots <laughs> on sticks, dangly you know, jewels, hot dogs on whatever it is, whatever you like most that are being dangled in front of you. <laughs> um, that's what's happening to us. Seems like every off season now, uh, last off season, it really happened. So the whole paradigm shifted into like, basically now I assume every rumor for MVP caliber player is going to happen. That's where, that's where I'm at. That's how fast I've adapted to the new paradigm. Yeah. So um, I'll I'll turn this around, Brian, for ooh, a second. All right, flip it on me. So the Nets had a certain type of culture uh, that led them to get, you know, D'Angelo Russell and to grow Karis LeVert, Joe Harris and Spencer Dinwiddie and Jared Allen. That's a certain kind of culture. It's about development and small steps. They are importing, uh, frankly, championship culture. I mean, like, I know people love to shit on Kyrie Irving, uh, I fine, but he the dude's a champion. He won with LeBron, but he won with LeBron. I mean, so what? He won with someone. He's a champion. Durant is a champion. MVP. You know, like they both have their own culture that has been successful. And so like 
sure, like the the fun, cute developmental culture that the Nets were a part of, that isn't that's dead. That that's gone. I mean, I think there's still elements of it. Like I think Bruce Brown trade, I think that's a sign that like again, Marx is still looking at the margins and still thinking, okay, let's make a little bit better here at this spot, as opposed to only thinking about James Harden. But you know, Katie Kyrie, sure, I know the the buzz about them is that like they're grumpy dudes and you know, whatever, they're bad culture guys. I don't think that. I like I actually particularly for Durant. And for Kyrie, I don't think that's like 100% true. I just don't. I think he's just a different person. And James Harden, if he's brought onto this thing, he's never won a championship. We know that he's struggled in the playoffs. But he's also like the the Rockets were the best team to challenge the Warriors at the time when Harden was leading them besides the Cleveland Cavaliers when they meet in the finals against the Warriors. So like the culture of the Rockets, not great, but Harden... You know, everything that he did, he gave everything he had to the team. He loves basketball. Um, I don't know. I I don't think it's dead. Like, I don't think they're cultureless. They're not TGI Fridays in 1965. I think the epicenter have, of culture, the epicenter of culture. Can I tell you one thing? I want to chafe a little. I'm chafing a little bit. So Kyrie Irving gets shit on all the time, right? Everyone hates him because of what happened in Boston. Kyrie, oh, what what an amazing situation that Kyrie had in Boston. Why would he ever want to leave Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, Al Horford, Aaron Baines, right? Oh, why would he want to do that? Okay, we're getting tweets right now that Gordon Hayward's going to opt out of $34 million Mm. to get away from Boston. Al Horford did the exact same thing. Okay. He, he He opted out of being a Celtic to go play for the 76ers, a team that also really doesn't have a great culture. Kyrie didn't want to be in Boston, and he chose as a free agent to go home to Brooklyn, but you know he was a Nets fan mm. growing up. There is an exodus of super talented players who arrive in Boston thinking one thing, and they all want to get out. Now, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are still there, but they're also like rookie contract guys. Wreaking havoc, the two of them. That's what they're doing. Going towards the extensions, right? So On they the don't really have the flexibility. But Gordon Hayward saying no, potentially. Let me just make sure I'm getting this 100% right. Because from what I'm seeing on, on the Twitters is that, oh, but but Enos Cantor is opting in because he's not going to make any money in the NBA. But Gordon Hayward and the Knicks are, the Knicks are eyeing Gordon Hayward. Uh, decision on his... $34 million deal is due this afternoon. So this is probably going to be up after it. Regardless, we know that Gordon Hayward wants to leave the Celtics and he's willing to maybe give back $34 million to do so. So I just think like, again, we all shit on Kyrie Irving. I get it. He says some stuff that he probably shouldn't say. It's totally fine. Mark Stein from New York Times is reporting that Hayward will decline most likely will decline that $34 million. But we never talk about Boston because Brad Stevens, he's amazing. Danny mm. Ainge, what a genius. He ripped off the nets and he was able to get all those draft picks and still compete. Oh my Lord. We all love Marcus Smart because he dives on the ground for basketballs, which I love too. I love Marcus Smart. Sure. I just think the microscope, instead of being fixed on Kyrie Irving specifically, 
we should tilt it mm. northward up up 95 though if you drive to boston from new york never take 95 take the merit go through hartford and cut across hartford east to go to boston Mike, never, I never take 95 i would never go to boston for on any highway or take any plane or any mode of transportation <laughs> to go to boston that would never happen okay a backwater town yeah um i it's just i'm sorry like we there needs to be a thorough analysis analysis of why things aren't working on in boston there were reports Two days ago that the Celtics were trying to offer Kemba Walker to anyone to get within the top seven picks or whatever. So it's like maybe it's because the way they treat players that isn't so great. And I can guarantee you that Jason Tatum probably will force his way out of Boston at some point after he signs that second contract that will be the max contract. You know, not that I know anything. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like. The way things have been going, guys don't want to stay in Boston for long. So, well, there it is. Before we hate on Kyrie Irving all the time, I think you should look at the facts. And the facts show you that there are a lot of fraudulent ballots in Wayne County, Michigan, Brian. Mm. Um, (laughs) Anyways. Yeah. I mean, culture is um, it's a nebulous Mostly marketing kind of term. I mean, that's really fickle beast. That's really what it is. <clears throat> and the thing is, it's like, um, I think mostly what it is, it's just it. It mostly suggests like operational functionality. That's really what I think. Like, <laughs> are you guys normal? Do you like not not screw up the easy stuff? That's that for me is what really like culture like means at this level. You know, there's certain it, franchises that just don't do that. They don't function. It's sort of like of how. Like when I meet uh, new parents, like when when I'm out with Rowan and you're at like a playground, Rowan's my son, and we're at a playground and uh, you you there's another parent there with their kid and you don't know <laughs> if you should talk to them. You just want to get enough from like any little bit of conversation. Like, are you normal? Yeah. And if you are like, great. You're not going to trip and fall backwards over my kid if I if I let him play near you for, for yeah, too long. Yeah. Just like <laughs> How can I suss that out? Yeah. And if you are fine, and that's really what the NBA basketball is like. It's like, that's good. are you going to make my life worse or just like a neutral element mm-hmm. in my life? Yeah. And the Nets, you can't spell neutral without Nets. There you go. And we used to be a dysfunctional situation, you know, so we know, we know better than most what, what that looks like, you know? Um, what a great show. We did it again. Like, I can't believe it. Another uh, classic in the can. Um, I think we should prepare ourselves and, and you all listening to for the possibility. Oh, we're emergency. Gonna, we're going to get your hammer out. Okay. Put it on your desk. November 22nd is a Sunday. It's the Sunday before Thanksgiving. I, I wonder if the Rockets will request that the trade be actually go through the 27th, which would be the Friday after Thanksgiving to that's the best time to bury it. That's also my prediction for when Trump will actually concede the election. Mm. The hammer. Bury- if you didn't understand, the hammer was for the glass case that protects the alarm yeah. that you pull for the emergency podcast. Like, I didn't know if everyone was on the same page. I would love to specially order a glass case just so I can smash it when James Harden mm. and I'll have like a little picture of James Harden in there and I'll smash it. Mm. But that would be, yeah, good idea. We should do it for Twitter. Do it for the memes, Mike. And then did, yeah, Brian, yeah. we also have to do our cocktails episode. Oh yeah, my gosh! Speaking we of TJ Fridays again, we got to we got to wait till the Harden decision because that'll really inform our our uh, menu. I think. What 
What kind of cocktail would you make for James, like representative of James Harden? Just uh, off the top. I can't. Of I can't. Do you realize how long it takes me to come up with these? I can't just. I, I can't just spitball this. You out of your mind? Uh, it's it's the thing I I really put a lot of pride into when we do it. Um, and we'll have our second picture on the Instagram after after that. Just once every year, the we can put one image. It's a lot. There's a lot of lot to do. Anyone know how it works? Instagram want to want to do that for us? Hit us up. Let's at gmail.com. We need we need some help with that. Mike, you need some help with I do being a lot of things. <laughs> with, uh, I was trying to give you a compliment at the end of that. <clears throat> I couldn't figure it out. Aww. Yeah. But you did great. Hey, great show. Great show. Great. And thanks for everybody for listening. Um, at BK Glue Guys on Twitter. Uh, we're going to fire up the Discord again soon. Probably be streaming again once games are on illegally. We'll figure that out. Um, so all good things coming. All the classics. And we'll see you there next time on the Glue Guys.